right now I have about 30 different translations that I use from all the time. And it reads here, Matthew 5, 37. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. God, I ask that we would be a people of yes and amen. Lord, that we would stay true to you and our commitments that we made unto you. For you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch every heart, every mind, every life. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen and amen. One thing I notice about most, I know me and most people, especially kids, I love being around kids when they talk, they start talking about what they want to do. Dream, you know, you have a dream, and I've got this message, and my grandbaby goes, Grandpa, I had a dream. And my wife goes, Chris wants to share a dream with you. I go, you got a dream, oh, you got a dream. She tells me her dream. Tells me what she want to do. She has all, she had all planned out, right? And I'm listening to her, and, and you know, and I think about it, we all have that in us. Unfortunately, sometimes life is so cruel, it, it kills your ability to dream, or it brings a fear of dreaming because, let's face it, dreams never happen. They seem to never come true, or the world wants you to believe that, ah, oh, that won't happen. Right? But we dream. Anybody ever dream of winning the lottery? Hello, somebody. We dream, right? We're born to dream, right? So, and I, I know when you stop thinking about doing something in your life, you stop that, you get old. You, 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 seem to, you feel like you're getting old, amen? Because you, you have to keep that mind of, I want to dream. Huh? I want to dream. Excitement. See, age has nothing to do with years. We, sometimes we just get old because our, our thinking is, we give up, we get old, right? I don't want to give up. It doesn't have to do anything with wrinkles, although I seem to be getting more and more every day. I look in the mirror. Not, that doesn't mean I'm old. Age happens when you lose the ability to have a vision for your life. Right. I don't care how old you are, man. If um, um, Caleb, 80 years old, he told he told told his leader, just give me that mountain. Oh, I'm 80 years old, but I just want that mountain. Why? See, if that mountain, that vision, give him reason to live. Hmm? How many times have each one of us had a dream, a goal, or a vision, uh, and then and something just says, no, nah, I don't want to happen. Cause, but really, we have them because something deep down inside wants to grab a hold of you and, and have you a dream. But then you're reaching out for this dream, and it ah, slips past your finger. Hmm? I, I, know, I know that feeling. You know, I have a dream. You're part of my dream. You're part of the dream. Amen. You're, you're the dream. I know sometimes you might think you're the nightmare, but you're not. You're, the, you're part of the dream. <laughs> Amen? You are. You're part of the dream. See, most dreams suffer a detour, right? Side trips. Some detours are from God. Most of them are our own doing. Huh? But I, I found something, and I began to realize when I said, okay, how, how in the world did I get this far? Me. 
And I think we've come a long way from the, from the streets of Northern California, from the ghetto, Dakota, right? What good thing come out of Dakota? How did I get this far? And, and I realized it was one thing. I do, I realize. I know I talk about being obedient and don't sin, yeah, yeah. That's important, but I, one thing I did, and I always want to do, I'm never, I'm never going to lose this. I said yes. That was it. When somebody offered me the opportunity for prayer, and I wasn't even saved yet, Richard Contreras, hey, can I pray for you? And I'm there, and then right there in Needles Park, right? Had a, had, had a cool one hand and a Budweiser in the other hand, right? Looked at this dude, and I said, pray, yeah, you go ahead and pray. Go ahead, man. Just make it quick. Just go ahead and pray. I said yes to a prayer. That prayer got me in the church building. Pastor Steve made an altar call. I said, anybody want to accept Jesus Christ? I said, yeah, I do. I said, yes. Then as I went along in ministry, Pastor Steve said, hey, you want to do this? I said, yes. Right? You want to open entry? Yes. You want to oversee the youth? Yes. You want to, you want to run, oversee the care group? Yes. Then he asked me, you want to be my assistant pastor? Yes. You want to go to Colorado? Yes. That was it. See, the difference between somebody realizing their dream and not is most people that don't realize the dream don't know how to say yes. They always say no. Why don't you come here, bro? No, I got to do this. Hey, why don't you do this? No, no, no I can't busy. Hey, come on. No, I can't right now. Okay. Oh, okay. And then you wonder why the dreams slip out of your hands. Yes is a very powerful word. See, throughout Scripture, it was men and women who said yes to the Lord that changed history. Abraham said yes to the call of God, and he left the land of the Chaldeans to go into the promised land. Moses said yes to the voice of God when he called him from the, from the mountaintop and, and spoke from a bush. He said, yes, I'll go. Jesus said yes to the cross, despite knowing the pain, the suffering, the blood. He said yes. yes. Paul said yes. I'll preach to the Gentiles. I'll go. Timothy said yes to Paul's order to remain in Crete. Even though he had no, no, no ability, he was young, he said, okay, Paul, yes. It was yes. Conversely, scriptures illustrate that those who say no live a life of regret. Of the ten spies who went out to the promised land, we know that story. Right? They sent ten spies and two came back with a good report, but eight said, no, we can't. No. They live to regret it. Pharaoh, who refused to let God's people ushered in death because he said no to God's order. The rich young ruler who was given the opportunity to walk with Jesus says no and chose his wealth over Jesus. Demas, who sat at the right hand of the Apostle Paul, who was there and witnessed all the miracles that the Apostle Paul had did, Paul writes in the book of Acts that Demas, loving this present world, has forsaken me. Demas said no. See, the enemy of saying yes to Jesus is very cunning. It's not like the, the devil's going to come out with a pitchfork and, and, and horns. Say no. No, he's not going to come out like that. The enemy of saying yes is very, very slick. 
<laughs> the enemy of unrealistic expectation often convinces one that they can't do God's will. Because in their mind, maybe God, you, you created this big illusion that what you must do, what you must be to do God's will. And all that is an illusion. All you need to do is say yes. Why? Because once you say yes, I don't care how messed up you are and how many issues you have. Once you say yes, you put the responsibility of, God, of you being ready for it on God. But when you say no, God has nothing to do with you. Well, then go ahead with your bad self. Live life. See, when you say yes, you become God's responsibility. When you say no, you're your responsibility. You're back where you started. Hmm? See, the interesting thing about unrealistic, unrealistic expectations is they often come from other people. Sometimes other people put dreams in your head and goals in your pathway, and they're just unrealistic. Huh? God will meet you right where you're at and give you right what you need at your level when you need it. All you have to do is say yes. Don't listen to other people. It's between you and him, not you and them. Hmm? So Jesus says, follow me, for my burden is easy. Okay, that's a simple statement. Follow me, for my burden is easy. What are you going to say? Yes. No, I can't because I'm kind of busy right now, Jesus. What are you going to say? You're going to fit him into your schedule? Jesus didn't say, look at your schedule. Jesus said, follow me. Some people ask too much of themselves, perhaps in the sabotage of destiny. Listen, don't get crazy now. God might call you to a city. Then you get all afraid. Well, I don't want to do that. Hey, but if he called you today, he probably won't send you for another 10 years. You'll be ready when it's time. Don't scare yourself out of it. Some people scare themselves out of it. Right? He'll get you ready. Oh. See, they want to do so well, some people. They want to climb so high that they put an unnecessary burden on their back. And we all want to do good. We all want to do well. But when you say yes to God, you make it his job to make you successful. He's not going to leave you hanging. But in our mind, we say, well, if, if I say yes, then I have to do this. He has to do what? As if we can do anything. The Bible is clear. Without God, we can do nothing. Those that, that labor must labor in the Lord. We must allow God to build a house. If God doesn't build the church, then those who labor, labor in vain. What am I saying? It's not up to you to do. It's up to you to say, that's it. Not too complicated. Amen? Uh, see, the enemy of saying yes is, is slick. Right? See, fulfilling your destiny, and I found this, I'm telling you, after 31 years, is easy as saying yes. That's, how, that's why Jesus can say, follow me, for my burden is like, my yoke is easy. Easy. Why? Because fulfilling your destiny, following Christ, and putting on his yoke is easy. Why? Because Jesus says it's easy. All you have to do is say yes. yes.
It's when you say, not yet, then you make life complicated. Don't you? And some of you might know what I'm talking about. You, you, God's got a call, and you say, not yet, no, I'm not ready. All of a sudden, life gets complicated. All kind of stuff starts happening. Why? Because the devil says, ah, oh, they're undecided. They can't say yes. Confuse them. Why? Because if he can keep you confused, you lose. If he keeps you wandering because you, ne you never said yes, he keeps you off balance. And so his goal, now the devil's goal, because you gave him room, you gave the enemy room, is to keep you off balance. Keep him off balance. Keep him off balance. Why? Because as long as I keep him off balance, they'll never say yes. You got to say yes, Lord. Huh? Matthew 33. Let's go back to the beginning of the scripture, but let's, let's read a little bit more. Are you with me? In verse 37, I don't know if they're going to put it up on the screen. It says, again, you have heard it that it was said to people long ago. Do not break your oath, but keep the oath you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair on white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be your no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. See, it is customary at this time well, let's put it this way. We can all agree this, that a person's word is losing its meaning. Can we, can we agree on that? Because sometimes, how many times people say, oh, I got your back, bro, and then when you need them, what do they do? They, they skip town, right? Or they say, they give you, they, oh, I got you, I'll be there, I will, I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there. And you call them up, oh, I couldn't make it, although the movie on, I had to go to the theater. There, you know, so at this time, almost like today, the, the, the Jewish people, it was very customary for them to, to swear by heaven. They would make an oath, I swear by heaven, and try to make it like more holy, right? Or I swear on my father's grave. You ever said, I swear on my father's grave? On my mother's grave, you know, people you use all these phrases. And Jesus wanted to teach us to be people of our word. He wanted to teach his disciples, his followers, no, 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 no. We don't play those games. That's evil. Very simple. Let your yes be yes. Isn't that simple? Let your yes be yes. I've had people, Pastor, I promise I'm going to be obedient. Yeah, and then right after that, they, they leave my vision. They're disobedient. Well, what happened? Didn't they just tell me? And then they wonder why they struggle. Look, you didn't let your yes be yes. It'd be better if you said, Pastor, I'm going to be disobedient. At least your yes is yes. Huh? Let your yes be yes. And if, because if your yes is yes, then at least you're consistent. God can deal with that. But when you're inconsistent, how can you be dealt with? We don't, you know, we don't know who you are. See, one's ability to stay true to godly commitments ensure a life of purpose. Why? Because people can trust you. I'm with you. I told Pastor Steve, July 21st, 1985. I didn't even know the cat. I walked in, oh, who's this dude? Oh, it's Pastor Steve. What the pastor? I didn't know what the pastor was. What's the pastor? 
pastor guy is in charge of the church. Oh, he's in charge of the church? Cool. All right, I got your back. Uh, and that's how I talk, because I was just from the neighborhood. I got, his back. I got your back. I'm here. I said that July 21st, 1985. I said it then? Yes. 31 years later, going on 32, it's still yes. How good is your yes? Does it only last until you're being pleased? Does it only last until you get something? Yes. Let your yes be yes. See, your yes will be affirmed by other people. When your dreams and goals are realistic and right, there will be affirmation from spiritual leaders who will say, that guy said yes, that guy said yes. You could tell, you know, uh, and I shared many times when I was in Chicago and Pastor Sonny called me out of a group of about 30 pastors and said, hey, see that guy right there? I'm looking around like, yeah, no, you, Al, Al, you. Yeah, yeah, he goes, that guy right there, he's loyal. He's loyal. Called me out. Why? Because I said yes. Didn't matter if I, if I was mistreated, whatever. And I've been through my changes, right? I've been through some stuff, but it didn't matter. I was still, I still, I said yes. I said yes to the call of God. I said yes to being a pastor. I said yes to following this ministry of victory. I said yes. Nothing changes. And because of that, I'm able to realize my dreams. Not that complicated. Huh? So your yes will be compatible with your gifts. Because huh? God's gifts enhance the design and dream that he has for you. So when you say yes, it'll be compatible with what you can do. Right? You can't, he's not going to ask you to say yes to building a skyscraper if you've never built a skyscraper. What good would that do? But he'll, he'll ask you to say yes to what you're capable of doing. Or he'll come right at your alley. Yes, Lord. So and the thing is, you have to remember. So I like preaching like this about the why, because it helps me remember my yes. Helps me. It takes me back. Yes, you said this. Because I, I, I believe this. Because if I change from what I said then, yes, then that, that means what that equates to is this. That when I said yes, up until 32 years later, I was a liar. Because if I changed my yes, then I must have lied back then. And listen, I ain't no liar. I'm no liar. I mean, the other thing is one thing I ain't. I'm not a liar. So when I say yes, it's yes. You got to remember your yes. See, pay, people fail to realize their dreams because they fail to stay true to their yes. You got to be careful. Remember, because the enemy of yes is very cunning. He's slick. Don't let uncooperative circumstances misguide you. Because just because you said yes doesn't mean everything's going to be great. Some things must, and I'm going to say, put capital M, capital U, capital S, capital T. Some things must come up in your journey huh? that don't cooperate with your dream. They have to come up. Uh, why? I'm reminded of what Paul Harvey said. You guys know who Paul Harvey is? Paul Harvey is a radio personality. He said this, you can tell you're on the road to success. It's uphill all the way. 
Uh, the road to success, the road of your yes, is not an easy road. If you want the easy road, what's the easy road? Is there one? If there is, let me hit me to it, because I need, I need a break. Hello, somebody. There's no easy road. The road to your yes is a difficult one. The challenge on the path to your dream, a lot of things won't go well. Jesus said, oh, here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. So don't get mad at me, get mad at Jesus, because that's what he said. He goes, on earth, you're going to have many trials, many sorrows. But then he says, take heart, because I've overcome the world. If I've overcome the world, you too will overcome the world. Hmm. So Jesus says very clearly, first, you're going to have some problems, barriers. There's things going to happen. There's going to be setbacks. There are going to be times when you're faced with what seems insurmountable obstacles. Basically, you have problems, but be a good cheer. If you said yes to God, guess what? Your problems become His problems. When you say yeah, when you say maybe, your problems, guess what? Are your problems. I don't know about you, but I would much rather have my problems be His problems than my problems be my problems. That's the difference between success and failure, yes or no, right? Paul, who, who had went out into the ministry field when there was no such thing as a ministry field, he was creating a ministry field. Here's Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are often troubled, and he's gone through it, he's gone through it. He says this, we are often troubled, but not crushed, sometimes in doubt, but never in despair. There are many enemies, but we are never without a friend. And though badly hurt at times, we are not destroyed. So Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and look, man, I've been through the mill and back. I've had issues, man, but he remembered God has got a call on him. You gotta imagine the apostle Paul when he's writing this verse. Reminding himself that on the Damascus road, Jesus knocked him off his high horse. Riding this, knowing what he's going through, he said yes. But remember that Jesus knocked him off his high horse, blinded him, frightened him, commanded him. Paul remembers that all of a sudden, he began to see his, uh, regain his vision and see light again. He goes, hey man, I've been through the mill. But once I was blind, but now I see. So he had to remind himself that God came in and interrupted his miserable life. He had to remind himself that God had done something great and miraculous in life. Spoke to him from heaven, knocked him off his horse, blinded him. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've been crushed, but never in despair. I've been going through it, but it's all right, because I know I said yes. How's it? Huh? Remember the, the story in John chapter 9, the blind man. Remember the blind man? He was a blind man. And, and, and the disciples of Jesus, why is this guy blind? Was it his mother's sin or was it his father's sin? He goes, neither. He's not blind for that. He's blind because God wants to use him to glorify God. Then Jesus grabs some dirt. If you look at the story, clay, he spit. 
made a mud ball, stuck it in the guy's eye. Some of you, if I did that to you, you'd, you'd be all mad at me right now. He didn't. You know why he didn't get mad? Because he didn't see it coming. Okay, I had to throw that one in, okay? So he, stuck, he puts, puts the mud, right? Then he sees. And they say, hey, what happened to you, the religious folk? Oh, how did you get healed? You, could, you, you got healed on the Sabbath. You can't be like, well, oh, how can you do that? The Victor Roberts, they do with drug addicts. Well, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. All the religious folks are talking neck. And when the religious folk talk neck, you say, you know, I don't know about all that. Just like this guy. I don't know about all that stuff. I don't know who this guy Jesus was. All I know is one thing. This man came up to me, huh? And once I was blind, but now I see. That's all I know. That's all I care to know. So when people say, oh, the devil comes knocking or something happens in my life and I'm going through it, I go, wait a minute, Jack, I know who I was, huh? July 20th, 1985, and all of a sudden, July 21st, 1985, once I was blind, but I don't know, I didn't know who this dude was of the preacher and preaching and telling me to make an altar call. I didn't know anything about Jesus. All I know that once I was blind, but now I see. That was it. That's all I know. That's all I know. That's all I care to know. That's why it's easy for me to say, yes, my goodness. My goodness. I had nothing going for me but anger and hate and a lust for, for, for things that weren't mine. I had nothing going for me. I didn't know what God was. I didn't know what Jesus was. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what any of that was. All of a sudden, something came. Something miraculous happened. How could I not say yes to that which gave me sight? How could I not? So when it gets rough, it gets rough at times. I look back and I say, no, God. You did something to that 25-year-old kid. I don't know what you did, but it was something. So I said, yes. Yes. Never forget the yes. You said when Jesus came into your life. Huh? See, every man... Every woman who, who's made a difference in the world. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know want to live. I want to make a difference. I want people, I want you to make a difference. Not just live. Let's make a difference. And every person that, that has made a difference in life, they have suffered setbacks. They've went through it. 300 of the most successful men and women who ever lived, they've done a study on them. 300 of the most successful, they found very interesting things about them. First, one quarter of those people had a handicap, like blindness or deafness. A handicap. But did they let that get them down? No. Second, the other three quarters of the 300 came out of poverty. Listen, because this talks about us, fellas. This talks about us, ladies. Came out of poverty, a broken home, or at least some kind of disturbed childhood. Three quarters of the most successful men and women in history had a messed up childhood. What happened? Man, they just never gave up on their yes. I'm going to make a difference. I'm not going to let the circumstance get me down. Huh? See, when, when you face uncooperative circumstances, you tell that circumstance, I said yes to Jesus. 
And you watch that thing fly. You watch it run. Because hmm? let's face it, some of us come from backgrounds that are less than ideal. Amen? But don't let your background be your, 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 your excuse. Because I just gave you a reason. No, no, no. The most successful have the hardest backgrounds. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Let's put it this way. I thought about this. If we ever went to war, right? Not that we were in the neighborhood. We were around here. I want to go to war with people that know how to survive. Right? Not, not, not those people that are pampered and are used to having their butler take care of them, little silver spoons sitting down with their tea and crumpets. No, man. I want to I wanna sit down with people who know how to survive. Maybe, maybe cook some food on, on the manifold of their engine. You know what I'm talking about? Know how to survive, right? That's not like Victory Outreach folk. Thank you, Lord. Huh? We know how to survive. Yes, we do. Oh, it might get rough, but we ain't giving up. We know, we know what we got to do when we got to do it. Yeah. Right? And see, that's what it takes. Why do you think God is calling us to the, to, to the treasures out of darkness, right? Why do you think God has chosen our type of people? Why? Because we know how to survive. Yes, sir. Hmm? See, that makes us a little stronger. We didn't have the ideal childhood. Oh, my parents love me. I love my parents. But listen, when you're grown up and raised around witchcraft, it does something to your mind. Huh? When you're growing up and ODing before you even went to junior high, it does something to your brain. Hello, somebody. Yes. So few people ever realize their dreams because they forgot their yes. Huh? And don't let intruders come to keep you from what you what God has called you to do. Huh? Don't delay. Don't 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 kick back and wait. Huh? Why? Because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Delaying is a kind of is a real kind word for laziness or procrastination. Hello, somebody. Anybody know what procrastination is? Huh? Yeah, that hurts. You know why? I'm gonna tell you what the bad thing about procrastinating. It hurts because opportunities never stand still. Opportunities always move. And if you don't procrastinate, you're like, oh, there's an opportunity. I'll do it tomorrow. Opportunity just takes off. Never stand still. Opportunity is like a, like a, like a racer, right? And when, when it comes by, you got to tackle it. You're going to close clothes hanger. Pow! Get that opportunity around the neck. But some people say, oh, wait, I'm not ready right now. Procrastination keeps us from reaching out and being all that we can be for God's glory. I know there's a man, true story here in town, very young man. He came to the home, and I'll, I'm not going to say the name, but I'll, I'll show the story briefly. He was in the home for a little while, he was looking at a court case, and he goes, I'm not ready right now, and he, he takes off. I go, bro, you need to stick around. He goes, no, 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 right now. Not maybe a week, maybe not even a month. It was a very short time after I see the news, you know. There's a car chase, and the guy's chased, being chased by the popo. Running down, he gets out of the car, and the sad thing is this guy got out and blew his brains out. Shot himself. And he was just in our home. I just had him. <sighs> He said, not now. 
He didn't want to say yes. Don't wait. Because discouragement's going to come, try to discourage you. But tomorrow, we don't know. John 9, 4 reads, As long as this day, we must do the work of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. So we must constantly battle procrastination because if we have no idea how our days are numbered. Huh? There's no time like today. Never assume there'll be another day, another week, another month. Never assume that. But all I say, I'm going to say it again. I've had the privilege of being on my deathbed. Never assume it's tomorrow day, another day. Your yes, your yes is going to suffer discouragement. But the mark of a great person, the mark of a great person is not what they've done. The mark of a great person is how much it takes to discourage them. Are you easily discouraged? Then what are you, made out of marshmallow? Men of marshmallows? Mentoring godly marshmallows. What does it take to discourage you? Are you easily discouraged? No, man. It should take a lot to discourage you. A whole bunch. And in fact, you should be undiscourageable. Because your yes will suffer discouragement. So much so that you will be de- you will be tempted to lay your dream aside. Because a dream is going to take a lot of time. A dream involves a lot of pressure. Don't forget your yes. Huh? Don't forget. Some give up. They give into the thought that, well, I'm struggling. I know God got me a call. I need to change scenery. Uh, or, or worse, you know, some, some marriages, oh, this marriage is so hard. I need to change my spouse. No, don't worry about changing your spouse. Be a, be a spouse that changes. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's not a change of scenery you need. Huh? Perhaps you need to change. Huh? Perhaps we need a change of mind. Perhaps we need a change of uh, uh, perspective. Huh? Because what happens, you get discouraged, and then the next thing happens, you start doubting. I'm coming in for a landing. Matter of fact, it says conclusion. See, without faith, talking about doubt, getting discouraged. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? I'm going I'm I'm to expound on that. Without faith, it is impossible to reach your dreams and goals. Matter of fact, let's turn to Hebrews 11.6. Check this out. And I'm going to close. I'll have my piano player come up here because I got no more pages. Oh, I got one page. Hebrews 11.6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because, here's the word, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards. That's very important. You first got to believe that he exists, but also that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Does anybody believe that? So, this is the good thing about doubt. Because when you have doubt, has anybody ever doubted their dream? Maybe they doubted that they should be in the home. They doubted that they should be in the church. They doubted that they should be in the ministry. Anybody doubt? 
Who, okay, since nobody's participating, who has not, I'm going to say this, who has never doubted? Raise your hand. Okay, so I'm talking to the right crowd. But listen what doubt does. Doubt ushers in your opportunity to step out in faith. See, remember, we said it's impossible to please God without faith. But you can't have faith unless doubt is present. So as soon as you doubt, say, yes. Why? Because now it's time to step. Without doubt, don't step. Because you're not, you're not moving in faith. You're moving on your confidence. You're moving on what you know. You're moving because you're ready. I'm ready now, Pastor. When you're ready, I don't want you. But when you're doubt, when you're doubting, you're not sure, but you're taking a step of faith and you believe why? Because you said yes to God. You said yes, and all of a sudden you transfer that yes to God. To, yes, Pastor, I'll do this. Yes, and you're doubting, you're doubting, you're afraid, and I see you're afraid because you're sweating blood. You're sweating. Oh, oh no. Oh, and I'm saying that's right where he needs to be. That's right where she needs to be. Why? Because now you're stepping in faith, and without faith. It's impossible to please God. Don't you know you're right at the pinnacle of pleasing God? And I don't know about you, but I want to please God. Huh? See, we do things and we're working like, oh, I'm going to clean here. And you say, oh, I'm doing what I'm doing unto the Lord. And that's great. God appreciates that. Ah, but that is not what he's looking for. He's looking for faith. Because without faith, it's impossible. To please God. That's a great challenge. So what keeps me stepping out in faith? I always go back to the beginning. I said, yes. Jesus said, will you follow me? I said, yes. Even when you don't understand? Yes. Will you follow me? Yes. Even when you're afraid? Yes. Will you follow me? Yes. Even when you're, you know in your mind that you're going to fail? Yes. I'll follow you. Because it's just my head trip. Because God doesn't make failures. God didn't call you to, to fail. God called you to win. God's called you to be a success. Oh, will, will you still doubt? Of course. You need it. Doubt is good. say it? Doubt is a part of your calling. When Moses answered his call, he doubted to the point that he argued with God. When Gideon was called, he doubted and, and had God do felices uh, 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 to, to prove it because Gideon had no skills. When Timothy wondered out loud of his being too young and, he, and thinking that he was disqualified. He doubted. Nonetheless, he had all these head trips. He said yes to Paul. Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the man who was there at the foundation of the earth. He was at the Garden of Gethsemane and he doubted. He said, God, if there's another way, is there another way?
I'll go to earth. Yes. I'll die. Yes. 